your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 457 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers, just a couple of minutes ago, wrapped up a very disappointing 5-1 to home loss against the Calgary Flames. The Rangers obviously had just swept all four games of their road trip. They come home. You know, they're all set up for another victory in this one tonight, or so it would seem. Uh, Calgary played a great game. I think you do have to tip your cap where it's due. And we will get into all the details of this Ranger loss in just a second here. Uh, but first, one thing I want to do, I want to just back up a little bit here. Let's go back in time just a couple of weeks to right before the Ranger season was going to start, okay? So we're going into the new season here. Collectively, all of us together as New York Ranger fans, let's say that at that point I told you, this six games into the Rangers season, they would be 4-1-1, one, and one, and they're 4-2-1 and one after tonight's game. But let's just say after six games into the season, they would be 4-1-1. One, and one. Uh, First of all, every single person listening to this and every Ranger fan who is not listening to this, I got to believe every single one of them, including myself, would have signed up for that in about two seconds flat. And if you're saying that 4-1-1 one, and one isn't good enough and you think that the Rangers can do better than that and you're not going to take the 4-1-1 one, one start, you are lying through your teeth, please stop it. Uh, get realistic. I think just about every single one of us would have signed up for a start like that for one-on-one. But here's where it gets interesting. If I told you that the Rangers were going to be 4-1-1 one one to start the season, you'd probably assume that, okay, well, uh, here's some of the things that are probably happening right now. Artemi Panarin's probably off to a white-hot start. He's probably looking like an MVP candidate um, because Abanjad is probably firing at all cylinders. We're probably getting big leaps from Alexi Lafreniere and Cabo Caco, maybe even Philip Hedl. And the power play is probably firing on all cylinders. They have so many talented players. And, you know, they're probably out there scoring goals left and right on the man advantage. It's crazy to think that basically none of those things are true. I mean, with Kako, obviously he's been hurt. There's only so much he can do. I, I believe he only played two or three games to start the season. I'd have to go back and check to know for sure. Uh, Luxi Lafreniere is definitely playing a little bit better this year than he did at the start of last season. And, you know, Mika, Panarin, they've had their moments. Chris Kreider's been hot at times, and he's got a couple goals so far this season. But really, nothing is clicking for the Rangers offensively right now. And that is really, really hard to figure out. I know that you know, obviously, Strom made his return tonight. We'll get to that in a second as well. Talk about his return. Capo Caco's been out. But with all the firepower that this team has, you'd think that by now we are seven games into the season and the Rangers, it seems like every single game, they can't score more than a goal or two. And, and they still have yet this season to score more than three goals. And this includes some games where they got empty netters to run their goal total to three goals. They have not done better than that. So far this season, in fact, the last game against the Senators was the only game all season where the Rangers have scored 
three goals and none of them are empty netters. So that's pretty crazy to think about. Uh, there is something to be said for grinding your way to some tough, hard-nosed wins as the Rangers had done throughout this four-game winning streak. But sooner or later, you got to start putting the puck in the net. And I really thought that tonight was going to be the night. You know, you got Ryan Strom back out there. You get him and Panarin back together. Maybe that line starts clicking. And I thought Strom played pretty well in his return to the lineup here tonight. He certainly played better than most of the Rangers did on this night. I thought Jacob Truba is somebody who also stood out. Truba was the best player on the ice for the Rangers in this game. Uh, he had a, an assist that really set up the Rangers' only goal of the night. He was hitting. He's playing with a lot of intensity. Uh, he almost scored a goal in the, I think it was the first period. Artemi Panarin started to look a little bit more like himself. You know, we've yet to see electric, uh, game-changing Artemi Panarin so far this season. But there were a couple of shifts right in a row there where he was looking good. He was looking dangerous. I even tweeted that out while it was happening. But there was one instance where he went in like a maniac on the four check and forced a turnover. The puck went to Ryan Strom, and then Strom immediately centers to Jacob Truba. It looked like Truba was going to be able to score from the doorstep because he was in all by himself there. Uh, Jacob Markstrom made a couple of tough saves to... Uh, you know, make sure that that didn't happen. And like I said, it's one of those games where the Rangers just couldn't get anything going. There were a couple of instances where they started to, you know, buzz a little bit in the offensive zone. They got a couple of scoring opportunities, but it seemed more often than not that it would just fizzle out right after that. So just no sustained pressure, not enough quality scoring opportunities, and way, way too many takeovers. I didn't see what the final tally was here in this game. I'm going to look it up while I'm talking here. But I do know off the top of my head that in the first period, the Rangers had nine giveaways. The Flames did not have any. And let's see the final. Yeah, wow. So the Rangers gave away the puck 20 times in this game. The Flames only gave the puck away six times. So that tells you everything you need to know right there. The Rangers 0 for 2 on the power play. Another night where the power play just didn't look very good. Uh, the second one was a little bit better than the first one. They at least got a couple of scoring opportunities, and they ended up scoring their lone goal of the night right after the man advantage expired. But overall, there's just not a lot you can point to as far as positives to take out of this game. And if you're anything like me, I'm sure you greatly enjoyed the four-game road trip that saw the Rangers win all four of those games. You know, some tough, grinded-out contests. And obviously, anytime you win a four-game road trip, uh, you'll take that any way that you can get it. But I think one of the issues and one of the questions that I had in the back of my head, and I'm sure a lot of you had it in the back of your heads as well, was how long can the Rangers sustain this formula where they go out there and they get outplayed for the most part. I mean, I think in at least half of the four games on the road trip, the Rangers got outplayed by a fairly comfortable margin. And I don't think there was a single game in those four where you could look at it and say, oh yeah, the Rangers definitely outplayed their opponents on that night. And that being the case, the Rangers needed Igor Shesterkin to steal some wins for them, which he did. But I think all of us probably had that question, like I said, in the back of your head, where how much longer can this continue? How many games in a row can the Rangers kind of just snatch victory from the jaws of defeat, despite not being the better of the two teams on the ice? And apparently the answer to that question is four games, because that's how many games in a row that the Rangers won. And... That's how many games in a row that Igor Shesterkin basically carried the team. I realize Alex Georgiev started the last game. Uh, that was kind of a wild game as well. The Rangers uh, just scoring three goals in the final 530 or whatever it was there. But yeah, sooner or later, this complete lack of offense, this complete lack of firepower, the complete lack of scoring opportunities, it's going to come back and bite you. And that's what happened on this game tonight. You know, Jacob Markstrom, he was in net for the Calgary Flames. He's a decent goalie and he made some good saves on this night, but I don't think it's a situation where he stood on his head or anything like that. There just weren't enough quality scoring opportunities for the New York Rangers. And so, yeah, this is the result. You know, it was bound to catch up to them sooner or later. Uh, winning streaks obviously cannot last forever. The Rangers winning streak snaps at four. 
But I think what will be really telling is how do the Rangers respond to this? How do they come back at home on Friday night in a very winnable game against the Columbus Blue Jackets and in a game where the Rangers will have three straight off days before once again taking the Garden Ice and looking for their first home win of the season. Uh, we'll continue talking about all this, continue to break down this 5-1 to one loss to the Calgary Flames in just a second. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is also brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Just wanted to thank you guys once again for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I should also mention that with the return of Ryan Strom, the Rangers sent Morgan Barron back down to the Hartford Wolfpack. Barron played two games with the New York Rangers. He was an even plus minus, uh, two penalty minutes, averaged eight minutes and 27 seconds of ice time per night, had two hits and went four and one on the faceoff circle. Uh, but I'm completely fine with this move because if the Rangers aren't going to play Morgan Barron pretty much every night, which it seems like they're not going to, then I would rather have him be in the AHL. You can't have Morgan Barron uh, sitting in the press box every single night and uh, you know not playing hockey. If he's not going to play for the Rangers, then he needs to be playing for the Hartford Wolfpack. So I'm cool with that. Uh, Ryan Strom came back to the lineup tonight, and like I said, I thought he had a decent game overall. He was a minus one and had one shot on goal, one giveaway, 19 minutes and 7 seconds of ice time, 2 minutes and 43 seconds of power play time, and a minute and 7 seconds on the penalty kill, and apparently won 92% of his faceoffs. So you got to like that. Uh, Ryan Strom, not known for his faceoff proficiency, but I'm on NHL.com right now, and they say that he won 92%. I don't remember him dominating like that in the game, but I'll take their word for it. So uh, nice to see Ryan Strom back. As we've talked about, this team has really struggled to score goals, and you put him and Artemi Panarin back together, maybe it gets Panarin going. Uh, at least a little bit moving forward here. The Rangers also seemingly dodged a couple of bullets tonight. You had Ryan Reeves and Ryan Lindgren each going to the locker room less than halfway through the first period. Lindgren was out for the rest of the first period, came back in the second, did not seem to show any ill effects as far as uh, the lower 
body injury that he appeared to sustain. So obviously, fingers crossed that he's going to be okay and he'll be good to go for Friday's game against the Blue Jackets. Uh, Ryan Reeves was unfortunately not so lucky. He came back to the bench after his injury, but I don't believe he ever got back onto the ice. So obviously, fingers crossed that he's okay as well. Uh, he's done a solid job for the Rangers on the fourth line this season. A stat that they mentioned in the pregame that I thought was kind of cool about Ryan Reeves is he's actually drawn more penalties than he's taken penalties so far this season. And that's a fourth liner and a guy that's known for just being an enforcer. So the fact that, you know, he's putting himself in situations where guys are grabbing him and holding him and hooking him down to the ice, whatever it might be, uh, that's obviously a good thing and uh, a pleasant surprise from Ryan Reeves there. I mentioned Ryan Strom just a second ago, and one play that I wanted to uh, kind of call everybody's attention back to here is in the first period, we almost got a Strom to Panarin goal. And the game was still scoreless at this time. Maybe if Panarin is able to bury this opportunity, it ends up being a completely different game. I'm really not so sure about that because Calgary really did play a really nice road game against the Rangers tonight, and the Rangers just didn't seem to have any jump in their game. But you never know. Maybe if the Rangers score first, things could have gone a little bit differently. But basically, Ryan Strom with a really long stretch pass. He springs Artemi Panarin on a breakaway, and Markstrom stones Panarin, and I believe the puck deflected up and into the netting and out of play. So that was unfortunate. It would have been nice to see the two of them link up on one of their first couple of shots back out there together. Unfortunately, uh, just not meant to be. And the Rangers really don't have a good first period at all. I mentioned all the giveaways, but it was one of those situations where it looked like maybe Igor Shesterkin was going to save their bacon again, and they would go into the locker room still in a scoreless tie. Unfortunately, the Calgary Flames had other ideas here. You had, with the team skating four aside, Calgary gets a rush up the ice, and Lindholm passes to his left to Gaudreau. Gaudreau across the ice, back to his right to Tanev, and Tanev scores. He beats Igor Shesterkin, glove side, and the Flames have a one-to-nothing lead with just north of one minute remaining in the opening period. So you're kind of hopeful and keeping your fingers crossed there that the Rangers could get out of the first period still scoreless despite once again being outplayed. And who knows, maybe we get into another one of these games where the Rangers are outplayed by yet another opponent, but Igor Shesterkin steals another one. Obviously, that didn't end up happening. And uh, unfortunately, Calgary able to cash in on one of their opportunities late in the first period. They almost made it two to nothing. Uh, there were 20 seconds left in the first period. The Flames get a little bit of a breakaway, but Igor Shesterkin comes out of his crease and dives to knock the puck away from the oncoming four-checker before that player could get to the puck. I was kind of waiting for Igor Shesterkin to do that on this play. We're so used to seeing Igor uh, come out of his net in those situations. He's very... Uh, comfortable playing the puck, and I just had a feeling that that was going to be the play for Igor Shesterkin at that moment. So he makes a big play there, keeps the score not at one nothing at that time, and we'll continue uh, breaking down all the highlights and lowlights from this game in just a second. But first, I wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could possibly need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com. 
So I have been giving some credit to Patrick Nemeth over the last couple of episodes. I thought the two preceding games before tonight's game were pretty good for Nemeth. I thought overall he's played well. He's kind of uh, carved out a role for himself on the Ranger penalty kill unit. Him and Jacob Truba have done a nice job there. And overall, just a steady pair of hands back there. Nothing overly flashy about his game, but I thought he'd been playing well coming into tonight. But by that same token, I do have to call him out here for what was just a brutal turnover and just probably the worst Ranger turnover of the season and the worst goal that they've allowed all rolled into one here because there was just no need for this. The Rangers are already down one nothing. You know, they're scuffling a little bit. We know they can't score goals right now, so you certainly don't want to just give the Flames a freebie, and that's basically what happened here. Uh, the Flames had the puck in the Ranger zone. Filipino comes away with it, and he passes back behind the goal line to Patrick Nemeth. Now, Nemeth is pretty much by himself back there. And he can very easily just skate the puck around behind the net, come out the other side, uh, just make a safe play like he typically tends to do. But for one reason or another, as soon as Nemeth gets the puck, he tries to pass it up the boards. Uh, I don't know who was there. And I guess what Patrick Nemeth was trying to do here, I'm not excusing it, but I'm just trying to explain what I think was probably going through his head. Rangers were scuffling. He was probably trying to get them going in transition a little bit by making a quick pass. But be that as it may, this was a very high-risk Nothing reward play, nothing reward pass by Patrick Nemeth. And the Flames intercept it. Manji Apani uh, picks it off, basically turns around, flings one into the net and scores. And you just can't hang out your goalie to dry like this, especially when Igor Shesterkin has been playing as well as he had. And, uh, you know, one of those goals that you just kind of hang your head after it happens. It's a mistake. These things, I, I suppose, happen from time to time, but not a good goal by the Rangers here. And it basically all falls on Patrick Nemeth just making a very ill-advised and just poor pass. And, of course, the Flames cash in, and it's 2 to nothing Calgary, just like that. And a thought that I had about midway through the second period, actually two thoughts. So first, I was thinking that this is one of those games where the Rangers, they just have no jump in their game. There's just not a ton of energy out there. I mean, a couple of scoring chances every here and there, but nothing sustained, no big-time offensive pressure. I had a thought that maybe the Rangers ought to use their timeout. I mean, you only get one in a game. I realize that. And, of course, it's always nice to have your timeout late in the game if you're in a tight one. But you know what? I mean, I don't know that there would have been a better opportunity, a better use of the timeout than right here midway through the second period. The Rangers are down 2 nothing. They just don't look sharp. And I think uh, it would have been a good time to use the timeout. And basically, the Rangers get one of those, hey, let's pick it the bleep up kind of talks. It doesn't have to be about strategy or anything like that. It's just kind of about accountability. Like, all right, guys, it's time to get it going here. I know we won four in a row. That doesn't mean we have the right to take the night off here and, you know, just not match this team's intensity. So I think that could have worked. The other thought that I had, and this is something that the Rangers ended up doing later, was that you could juggle the lines a little bit. But then I'm asking myself, like, would that even help? Because the Rangers have juggled the lines at times. You know, we saw them... With the absences of Capo Caco and Ryan Strom, they stacked that top line. They put all their big threats on the top line. It was Mika Zibanejad, Serengar, Artemi Panarin, and Chris Kreider in the two preceding games. But that line didn't really do a whole lot. I mean, they linked up for the one power play goal in the most recent game against Ottawa, but I don't think that line delivered the way that we were all hoping and expecting that it would. I suppose at a certain point, you know, you're going and going and going, and there's not a lot of offense. You do have to juggle the lines. The Rangers eventually did that, and they actually put Julian Gauthier up on the top line with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. Gauthier, I thought, had some jump in his game tonight, unlike the vast majority of the New York Rangers, and had a couple of scoring opportunities, and it was nice to see him get rewarded for it. The thing that just really kind of confuses me about the whole Gauthier situation, though, and I, I probably spent too much time on Julian Gauthier, but 
you know what? He's somebody that I think has at least some offensive upside. I, I think with guys like Kako and Strom out of the lineup, it would have made all the sense in the world to put him out there and give him a little bit of opportunity in tonight's game after Gauthier had been a healthy scratch in recent games. And with the return of Ryan Strom, they put Julian Gauthier out there, which is kind of confusing. You would think if they were looking for offense and they were looking to give Gauthier a game, the time to do it would have been when Strom and Kako were both out of the lineup. But it was nice to see Gauthier at least play well. Uh, he moves up to the top line. They had a couple of chances, but nothing too crazy. And then you had also a reworked line that had Lafreniere out there with Heedle and Blaze. So basically, you had Lafreniere and Gautier just switching spots uh, from the first line, the third line, the, the two of them just swapping. And like I said, at a certain point, you got to try something, and I think that's where Gallant was coming from here. Gallant was actually asked about the line changes after the game in his presser, and this is what he had to say about Gautier. I just wanted to shake it up a little bit. I thought it was his best game for us, and you want to reward a guy a little bit sometimes, and I didn't really like the way our first period went. I want Laffey doing more. So a little bit of a challenge from the coach to, you know, the young star in Alexi Lafreniere. I'm totally cool with that. And I'm all for rewarding somebody when they play well. And so hopefully with Julian Gauthier having what was a pretty solid game for himself tonight, uh, especially in the eyes of his head coach, that also means that maybe he plays in the next game as well. Although with Capo Caco coming back to the lineup, potentially it might mean that Gauthier is once again the odd man out. We'll see how they look to play it. And then we had a key, key sequence of this game in the third period. The Rangers get one back. They're down two to nothing up to this point, and they are on the tail end of a power play. They win a faceoff in the attacking zone and Keandre Miller leaves the puck for Jacob Truba. The power play expires, so this will not go into the books as a power play goal for the New York Rangers. But Truba, you know, moves close, kind of in the high slot area, lets it fly, and the save is made. But there's Dryden Hunt to clean up the rebound. And I think Dryden Hunt has played a little bit better in recent games as well. He at least goes out there and throws his weight around. I don't know that there's really a ton of upside when it comes to Hunt, but a very well-deserved goal for him here. He gets his first as a New York Ranger. And just like that, the Rangers back into the game. And I think if you've watched, you know, this four-game road trip that the Rangers have had, your mind starts to go to that place where you think the Rangers are, you know, they got the Flames right where they want them, right? They've been outplayed for two periods. They're down by two goals. They got one back. They're going to come back and they're going to win this game. They're going to find a way to get it done. Unfortunately, something else that we've talked about over and over on this podcast, it once again reared its ugly head in that the Flames came back very strong right after the Rangers scored a goal. The Flames get it back, and Blake Coleman takes a shot from the doorstep, gets his own rebound, puts it home, and gives the Flames a 3-1 to lead. So the Rangers make it 2-1, to and then less than three minutes later, it's back up to 3-1. to And this is what we've been talking about. The Rangers have to do better on the shift that follows a goal. I don't know how many different ways I could possibly say it. I don't know. There might have been actually a play stoppage at some point there, but you get the idea. They... Either way, whether there was a play stoppage or not, the Rangers were not as sharp as they needed to be on the shift after a goal by Dryden Hunt that could have potentially changed the momentum in this game. Unfortunately, it didn't. The Flames got it back. The Garden was rocking for a couple of minutes there, and it went quiet after Coleman got this goal. And, of course, the Flames were off to the races after that, going on to the 5-1 to win. Uh, so as far as the shift after a goal, here's my idea. Let's go with the fourth line. These guys have played pretty well so far this season. It's kind of a blue-collar line with Rooney and Reeves and sometimes Blaze, sometimes Dryden Hunt. I mean, it depends. But let's go with the hard-nosed blue-collar fourth line, the line that can at least get the puck into the attacking zone. And even if they're not creating scoring chances, at least keep it pinned down there for a while. At least get some sustained time in the attacking zone. So give me the fourth line and give me Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren out there simply because they're the two best defensemen on this New York Rangers team, or at least the best pairing that the Rangers have right now. So they got to do something to turn this around. I'm looking for a go-to line, a go-to defense pairing, and I 
think I just uh, came up with my preference, at least for the time being. Give me the fourth line and give me the top defense pairing because this has to change soon. They can't keep doing this. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, like I said, after this goal by Coleman, the Flames are basically off to the races. It got away from the Rangers and uh, just not a good night overall. But uh, I think what's going to be very, very telling is how the Rangers respond on Friday. Because like we mentioned, they got three days off. They got time to regroup here. It's time to get the first home win of the season against a very, very beatable Columbus Blue Jackets team. I don't think the Blue Jackets are going to be in the playoffs when the season ends. I suppose crazier things have happened, but it's a game that the Rangers should win and a game that they really need to win and a game where the Rangers need to get the offense going a little bit. Let's get four plus goals in this game and let's see Panarin start clicking. Let's see Zibanejad start clicking. Let's see all the big, let's see the stars out is basically what I'm trying to see. Let's see a big game for Panarin. Let's see a big game for Zibanejad. How about Adam Fox stepping up with a big game? You know, maybe Capo Caco makes his return to the lineup and he comes up with a big night as well. The Rangers need to get their star players going a little bit, and uh, no better time to do it than when you're looking for a nice bounce-back win against the Blue Jackets this Friday. But that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms.